This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hey, everybody. It's your good buddy Mark Rako here on Funny People Talking. Uh, Dresden's not with us this week. Uh, We're taking another week off, but I thought I would share a really wonderful old episode of Monkey Radio with Mark, which Funny People Talking is a reboot of. Uh, A number of years ago, uh, my former co-host Ben Rose and I, along with Elsie, recorded an on-location episode at Baconry in New York. Uh, Baconry used to be a baked goods plus bacon extraordinary business, and they were a sponsor of Monkey Radio with Mark at the time. And we got a chance to record a few episodes on location at their store. It was a wonderful time. And we also uh, were visited uh, by a couple of uh, guests, including Steve Benson. You may remember him from episode one of Funny People Talking with Clarity. Uh, He was the guitarist on location with us. So Steve, join us for this show on location. And our guest was uh, Chad Beglin. Chad Beglin is a six-time Tony Award nominee. His works include Disney's Aladdin, The Prom, The Wedding Singer, he wrote the lyrics for the Broadway musical Elf. He has just had so many recognitions from Tony Award nominations to Drama Desk Award nominations. He's just a really amazing talent, and he was the guest on this show. So get ready for a lot of fun with this incredible episode from uh, the Wayback Machine with guitarist Steve Benson, my co-host Ben Rose, our guest, Chad Beglin, and lots of other surprises. Enjoy the show. What kind of radio swings through the trees, has fleas and dirt on its knees? Monkey radio, yeah, monkey radio. What kind of radio in charge of the world would give a banana to every boy and girl? Monkey radio, <laughs> monkey radio. from the Baconry World Headquarters in New York City. And with 350,000 downloads worldwide, this is Monkey Radio from Baconry. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Mark. I am Ben. And the announcer told you, and it is true... Last show, we told you we were not safely nestled into the belly of the Monkey Radio Studios. Oh, no. We have ventured out into the real world, much like the groundhog risking our lives to deliver better entertainment for you, my fellow monkeys. And today, our microphones have once again landed inside the mothership, the world headquarters of our wonderful sponsor, Bacon Re. We are again recording one more show actually inside their storefront at 911 Columbus Avenue in New York City. Later in the show, we will check in again with the guy who started it all, Wesley Klein. 
The show is on fire! Woo! It has been downloaded well more than 325,000 times, and we are proud to report that Log Talk Radio has selected Monkey Radio as a featured host to celebrate. Because you are listening to this episode, you are in luck. We have a tremendous show for you today. First, as you can hear, we have live music. World-class guitarist Steve Benson is here one more time. He's one of the most highly demanded Broadway and session guitarists in New York City. Has worked with Phoebe Snow, John Sebastian, Natalie Cole, Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey, and more. Currently performs in Broadway and the orchestra pits of several shows. And he is here today with us and will play us through our show. Amazing! Incredible. We're going to hear from a new feature on our show, Kim Pulsive. Kind of, uh, I don't know, a little story about upcoming Valentine's Day. And we're going to dust off one of our favorite games, Make Up a Song. You don't want to miss that. What could possibly go wrong? Hmm. And wow, a lot of music on the program today. Chad Beglin is the Tony Award-nominated book writer and lyricist of The Wedding Singer, which premiered on Broadway. He wrote the lyrics for the Broadway musical Elf, which also premiered on Broadway. He's a recipient of a many prestigious awards. He's also nominated for a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Lyrics, as well as a Tony Award nominations for Best Original Score and Best Book of a Musical for The Wedding Singer. One of the rising stars in the very popular world of theater, Chad Beglin will be here with us. How do we do it, Ben? I don't know. Very oh. well. <laughs> also, folks, don't forget to check out the website, monkeyradio.info. You can hear all of our past episodes, watch our series of Monkey Radio animated shorts for free. Cowis Animation is slaving away on two new ones coming very soon. And Stuff We Dig and all of our past end-of-show foods. That's monkeyradio.info. So all that on today's show can you believe it? Even risking our lives out there in the real world, in the real world, I mean, what a value, my fellow monkeys. Mmm, tasty. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, Subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Elsie is here with us. Hello, Elsie. Hello. All right, Elsie and Ben and I are going to unearth a game called Let's Make Up a Song. Unearth. I like okay. that. We're going to unearth. <laughs> okay. I like things that I'm good at. <laughs> okay. Now, what's cool about this is we have Steve Benson here with us on the guitar. I love saying that. The guitar. I don't say guitar. I say guitar. And, uh, and he's going to do his best to improv with us and play along. I don't know if this is going to work. So it's like throwing a lot of ingredients in here. But So the way this works, folks, is uh, we give each other a couple of concepts, words, or whatever, and then that person has to make up a song on the spot. It's got to rhyme. It's got to have some level of melody. It just doesn't have to. It can't suck, essentially. I really can't promise anything, Ben. All right, all right. <laughs> but with, and then with the added value of having Steve on accompaniment, I don't know. This could get crazy. It's a lot of pressure. All right, so, uh, hey, hey, Elsie, you want to you wanna go first, or do you want to give someone words first? I'll give uh, I'll give it a shot. Go ahead, hit me. Ooh, hey, wow! Like Rocky All Balboa. Right. Ben, you give her one. I'll give her one. All right. 
Lightning. Okay, Ben's got Lightning, and I've got uh, Slip and Slide. Lightning and Slip and Slide. Make up a song, make it rhyme. It has to have the words Lightning and Slip and Slide in it. And Steve's going to try to play along. I don't know if this is going to work, but have fun. Is that you got that pitch there? All right. One day I was playing on my slip and slide, and it was starting to rain outside. And my mama had told me, Don't play in the rain, because sometimes then you'll get hit by lightning. <laughs> All right. Elsie with the home run. Just because there's no way I can follow it. Right. I, I just wanted to add that was not a true story. No, not. <laughs> Remains to be seen. So we'll see. The day is not over yet. Uh, all right. So hit me. Hit me. What do you got? Elsie, what do you got? Mud pies. Mud pies. Ben? I was going to say that. Were you really? <laughs> I know I got to think for a minute now. Oh, come on. We only have an hour show. All right. Man. Couch. Oh, thank you. Well, I got to think on the spot. Mud pies and couch. All right, so then. Okay. I was laying on my couch, dreaming of mud pies. Girlfriend came in, said, "Stop being a slouch and stop telling me lies." What do you got for Matt? Why don't you go first this time? All right. Oh, okay. Uh, caterpillar. 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 Unicorn. Oh, we're giving it to Ben. What was that? Caterpillar and unicorn. And unicorn. Oh gosh. All, All right. right. Fire away. Here we go. It was a quiet night. I was walking through the desert on my unicorn. You see. When a caterpillar caught my eye in the far distance beyond you or me. So a unicorn and I, we galloped on and we met this caterpillar eye on. And I said, excuse me there, mister. What you doing in my desert? Well, he crawled around and he said to me, you better understand, son. This is my desert up and down. You better take a run round and round. Where to, I said. He said, in my brain. I said, I can't go there. Please explain. He couldn't quite do it. I said, I gotta go. He said, hey, buddy. Just to let you know, it's time to you to go, and you better run far away. You better stay away. The caterpillar's gonna come and eat you any day. Caterpillar and unicorn, friends for life. But soon the caterpillar ate the unicorn in strife. He ran through the desert, he ran through the sand, he ran to the moon. Oh, my friend, he ran to meet the Sandman in his dreams. Caterpillar and unicorn, forgotten to whence they came. 
Galloping farther to the sun, galloping farther to the run, the caterpillar ran and in spite he said to me this one little secret. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. Get out of all this snow. It's time for you to go. Go. Mysteries galore. The caterpillar in store. The unicorn all dead but his thorn. His horn will ride with me to my dying day. My unicorn friend named Perry. Perry. The end. He died in the desert. Oh, Ben. It's the Ben Rose Show. (laughs) Ben Rose. I had a unicorn. I was just telling this whole story. And by, I know. By the way, a little applause for Steve Benson yes. on the guitar. Steve, we should work together more often. I know. That's really cool, right? We'll just put you two in a session again. <laughs> all right. Well, that was uh, Make Up a Song. Well, you know, it was all right. <laughs> Good job, by the way, Elsie. What an awesome group we are. I know. It's like, right. we should go on the road. That's why I said that's my favorite game. <laughs> Oh, that was fun, Steve. That was Make Up a Song. Make up a song, yes. believe in your dreams. All right, Steve, why don't you play us out? And we will uh, be back in just a minute with more on Monkey Radio. Ben, we're back, and here with a little, uh, a new feature on Monkey Radio. Uh, I believe it's about Valentine's Day. Mm, learning's always fun. I know. All right, well, here's Kim DeNaro with a new feature, Compulsive. And now, Compulsive. Hi, friends. Valentine's Day approaches. A time of love, passion, gift-giving, and chocolatey bliss. Go ahead, hug your loved one a little tighter. Or just hug that cheap bottle of wine you got from your neighbor for Christmas a little tighter because the month of doom has arrived. Dwayne Reed has infiltrated the aisles with teddy bears and candy bliss, but single people have infiltrated the streets with bitterness and disdain. As the charm of the holidays fades, winter becomes a dreary pit of doom and dry skin, only made better by someone to buy you chocolates and maybe some flowers. For those of us without that special someone, though, we are forced to watch as the horror of Hallmark devours everything sane and right in the world. We watch horror movies with friends, we order and comfort food and reminisce with the ghosts of romance past. We walk straight through couples in the street holding hands. We all get a room at two people simply exchanging affectionate glances. And we do this because, well, we're alone. And thanks a heap, St. Valentine, for dedicating an entire day to dreaded defeat and saccharine sentimental sap. I learned the cruel tricks of Valentine's Day early in life. I was 12, and I was scandalously dating a younger man of 11. Our heated romance began in sixth grade homeroom when you couldn't resist the way I did my locker combination. Or perhaps it was the way the copious amount of glitter I wore sparkled on my cheeks in the fluorescent lighting. Our passionate affair was tinged with mystery because his parents didn't allow him to have a girlfriend until he officially turned 12. Lucky for me, his birthday was on Valentine's Day and we were ready to declare our love in public despite the fact that our romance consisted strictly of awkward smiles and online conversation on Kids AOL. On the morning of Valentine's Day, I prepared my gift of a giant Hershey kiss and a box full of love notes. I scribbled in girlish bubble letters. Homeroom began and I sat down, only to see my beloved walking toward my desk. Was he going to tell me he loved me? Was he going to propose? No. 
He looked at me and said, there's a pep rally today. We're going to hold hands because that's what's cool. And if you don't start talking to me in homeroom, we're breaking up. Oh, and here. He handed me an unsealed card. I opened the envelope to find a blank bat mitzvah card with a garish gorilla on the front. This would be hilarious if it were ironic and intentional, but I had a feeling he just walked into CVS and stole the first thing that looked like a card. The pep rally came and we held hands just like he demanded. His hands were sweaty and huge, and every time we clapped for the basketball team, we had to awkwardly finagle our clasp. After the pep rally, there was pizza, which I decided to just stare at because it's common belief at 12 that women don't need food to survive. Homeroom boyfriend came up to my pizza table and said, we're breaking up. This was more embarrassing than painful. I had a clique of girls to impress with my prepubescent man candy. He continued, aren't you going to cry? So I said, no. And he said, okay then, bye. And I threw his bat mitzvah card at his face, declaring that he was uglier than the gorilla than with forced fervor. He retorted, whatever. The card missed his face and floated with melancholy movement to the top of his Nike sneakers. And well, that was that. I was single again, and I hadn't even started shaving my legs. It has been 12 years since Homeroom Boyfriend, yet Valentine's Day has yet to truly mature into the romantic love fest I once believed it to be. Whether it's a pep rally or a desperate drunken bar crawl, hand-holding or ravishing kiss, a gorilla card or a heart necklace from K Jewelers, because every kiss begins with K. The day usually ends with the question, spoken or not, are you going to cry? My answer will always be no. And yours should be too, single or not. Just think, in a few weeks, there will be Easter eggs lining the Dwayne Reed walls, and there's nothing less sexy than a massive bunny that lays eggs. Happy Valentine's Day. If you need me, I'll be throwing darts at pictures of my exes I hijacked from their Facebook page. And if you're going to be on a candlelit date, just don't be surprised if I knock those candles and burn the place down. Kim Halsey. All right. I, just, I don't. I'm. I'm really not sure why when women imitate men, they always sound like Neanderthals. This is like. Well, I think guys also do like this thing. Like, whenever I do an impression of a girl, it's like, oh my god! And then he did that thing, I and know. it's not that at all. Right, that's true. You know. Uh, well, anyway, if you want to check out more of Kim Denaro's material and her views on love lives, Valentine's Day, other holidays, yeah. and that was great. Various it felt like cards. an autobiography. I know. You can go to kimberdin.blogspot.com. So that was Kimberly DeNaro, everybody. A pleasure. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Monkey Radio. That is Steve Benson on the guitar. All right, let's talk to Steve for a minute. You are a guitar player. This is true. Is that the only instrument that you play? Uh, no, I, I also play uh, mandolin, banjo, and um, electric bass, and drums, too. Kind of that order of proficiency. No, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mainly guitar. And you are a great guitar player. I've, I've watched you play a lot. And I know you play a lot in, in the uh, the pits of Broadway shows. Uh, but you also do other music, right? Yeah, I do. I um, play a lot of jazz. And I um, have done some writing of music here and there over, over the years. And I play R&B and blues and some classical music, too. What is your favorite type of music to play? If you could only, you know, you're stuck on a desert island, you can only play one music ever. That's what is tough. it? That's tough. Um, 
Gosh, probably jazz. Throw a little jazz on that guitar. Okay. <laughs> I love how someone can just do that. I know what you mean. That's crazy, man. That's beautiful. Uh, so, Steve, if we want to hear some of your music outside of the Monkey Radio Show, what can people check out your music? Yeah, there's a, <clears throat> a project that I uh, finished the CD on um, about six months ago, and it's, it's called Manhattan Prairie Reserve is the name of the, the band. And um, the album is, is Across Wyoming, and you can find it on CD Baby. Manhattan Prairie Reserve is what you would put in, CD Baby. Check it out, everybody. Uh, Steve Benson's music, along with his fellow musicians, yes? Yeah. Uh, Manhattan Prairie Reserve. That's right. Check it out. Thanks, Steve. Glad you're here. All right, so we are going to have our next interview. Elsie, I think we're going to have uh, get Chad on the phone. All right, we've got Chad Beglin. He is a two-time Tony-nominated writer, lyricist. He's uh, won a Drama Desk Award. He's worked on shows like Elf and The Wedding Singer and I believe the upcoming Aladdin. Very exciting. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second here. Wait a minute. Wesley... From Bacon, we just brought over a couple of treats. One is what is this? This is this is a crepe. It looks like it. It looks yeah. like a chocolate, maybe chocolate strawberry bacon crepe with powdered sugar all over it. Holy cow! Let's take a it, take a it's taste of this. Honestly, decadent. Folks. It is decadent. Bacon Reed doesn't mess around, man. No, they really don't. It. I'll have another one of those, please. Yeah, that disappeared pretty quickly. And he also brought over, I believe this is hot chocolate with bacon in it, I think. It's hot chocolate with bacon in it. Delicious. It's just, but, hello, Jim. I'm coming to you shortly. <laughs> and lift a few weights and do a few sit-ups, apparently, because... Yikes. I have never thought to have hot chocolate with bacon in it before. Who would? That is crazy. Is this hot chocolate with bacon in it? That is crazy. The unbelievable bacon. All right, so we got to move on with the show. I'm being derailed by all this bacon fat because we're recording the show in baconly. We are. We are. Let's get Chad on the phone. We got him on the phone. All right. By the way, our interview today is brought to you, sponsored by. The Monkey Radio with Mark Amazon page. Ooh. So, folks, listen. Most of you probably use Amazon.com in one way or another. You can buy electronics. You can buy gifts. You can buy candy. You can buy cameras. You can buy downloads. You can buy a million things on, uh, on Amazon. Well, now, if you go to monkeyradio.info and you click on the Amazon link on our front page... It'll take you right to the Amazon page, and you can buy your stuff just like you always do. It'll cost you exactly the same amount, not a penny more, but you will be able to help support Monkey Radio with Mark monetarily. Help monetize the show, keep us on the air, keep bringing you great interviews like the one we're about to have, and all the entertainment we bring, and musicians like Steve Benson. We want to keep the charm, folks. We do. Help us keep it. All right, so please, if you're, if you're going to be buying a gift or buy something for yourself... Go to monkeyradio.info, click the yeah. Amazon link. It doesn't cost you a penny more. It'll help us out. 
please give it a try. Elsa, we've got Chad on the phone. All right, everybody, Chad Beglin. Chad is a Tony-nominated lyricist, a Drama Desk Award recipient. He has worked on shows like Elf, Wedding Singer, uh, Aladdin. I'm, I can't even begin to talk about the experience that this man has had and the impact recently on the world of Broadway and theater. Let's welcome to the show, Monkarito Chad Beglin. All right, thanks for coming on the show, Chad. No problem. All right, right off the bat, I gotta ask you, what is it like to be nominated for a Tony Award? Uh, it was it was pretty great. I mean, it, there was this they have this big party every year beforehand, and so everybody gets pretty wasted. So I woke up and my phone was already ringing. So I was sort of hungover and like, wait, what's going on? And so yeah, it was pretty surprising because we sort of weren't really thinking about it and, you know, just were sort of, you know, you know, whatever happens, happens and had this whole sort of, you know, kickback attitude towards it. And then, of course, when we found out, you know, we were nominated, everything kicked into high gear and it got really exciting. Awesome. That's amazing, man. So what's it like to receive a Drama Desk Award? I'm getting this stuff out of the way. I'm getting the big, exciting award <laughs> stuff out of the way. Let's Let's celebrate you as a theater hero for a second. Yeah, well, the, the Drama Desk Awards are really great, too, but unlike the Tonys, uh, you know, it's not televised and everything. It's, it's, it also goes on for about 43 hours. So the one thing we <laughs> didn't realize is that there's sort of no food, and everybody was, like, eating the inside of their mouth by the time it was over. It was, you know, it was a great honor, but the show's a little long, so by the end, you're just, you know, falling asleep and dying of hunger. <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's get to the skinny then. Tell us about yourself. I, I know you're a lyricist. I know you're um, a musician. You're a writer. Can, how would you describe Chad Beglin? What is he as an artist? Um, super awesome. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, okay, interview <laughs> over. Thanks for being yeah, on the show. That's it. No problem. Uh, no, well, I, you know, I uh, I was always a, a big fan of theater growing up, and uh, I come from a really really small town uh, in southern Illinois. And sort of the first time I saw a professional show was in St. Louis, and just it really, you know, I just it blew my mind. I, I got really excited and thought, like, wow, you could you could actually do this as a career. So ever since you know, then just sort of you know started writing, went to school for writing, and you know, paid my dues, bartending and answering phones, and uh, you know, finally got a couple breaks. What, what, what show was the first one you saw that, that turned you on the theater? Uh, it was a touring production of Evita, and uh, it was, you know, in my head, I was a kid, and so in my head, I didn't know that this was something that people actually got paid to do, and, you know, I thought it was just something that, you know, at the church, they put on a play, and that's the end of that. So, you know, it was a whole new thing for me. And then one day you found out you can get paid, and you're like, what? I get I paid for that? Exactly. I'm going to need some money now. <laughs> All right, so you went you went to school for writing, yeah. and uh, and and what did that? Uh, how did that transition into you getting a break somewhere along the way? Well, you know, it was really just about sending out your stuff as much as you can. I think that's true for any artist or you know writer, musician, anything. You know, you just have to keep sending stuff out and sending stuff out, and finally. Someone will, you know, look through their pile of letters and read yours and say, all right, come in for a meeting. So, but it's just, you sort of have to be really tenacious because you have to make your own luck, especially in, you know, New York City. 
So, so as you as you were in that process, what would you say is that uh, that that quit moment? That 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 moment when you well, I should ask you: Was there ever a quit moment? Was there ever that moment when you wondered if it was all worth it? Yeah, well, we you know one of the first musicals that we my uh, writing partner and I ever had professionally done was you know uh, for Broadway you go out of town and you sort of test the show and you know you get reviewed and you fix it and you make it better and you bring it into Broadway and this was our first show and it was scheduled for Broadway and it went out of town and it did not go well and so basically the shot at Broadway was taken away and we were left with nothing and you know it was that point where I said to my writing partner I said you know this is it like we give up we go find something else to do you know I go teach or get a degree in something else or, or we just go all in and just keep going and start our next show and, and just realize that that's the way it's going to be. So it was, that was the real turning point, I think, where it was like, you know, either throw your hands up and walk away or just go all in and, you know, accept the fact that it may never happen, but you're just going to spend the rest of your life trying. What changed that for you? What pushed you to keep going and where did the luck turn? Well, I think, you know, for me, it was it was really, I just don't want to do anything else. I can't, you know, I can't do anything else. It was just that sort of passion to, to, to write and be involved with theater and the arts. So it just sort of, you know, it was, it was there was no choice, you know. And uh, after that, you know, I kept sending out scripts and, you know, trying to get meetings with people. And I just happened to get a meeting with a guy who was working at New Line Features, who, through some weird chain of events happened to have a CD from a show that never came to Broadway and he was like, I love this, I love this music and uh, he said look, we're, we're trying to find writers for The Wedding Singer and I was like, I love that movie and he said, well let's you know, write, a, write a sample song and we'll see what'll happen and so everything sort of turned around and that was the first Broadway show I ever wrote but it was really just by sticking it out you know What was, how, what was the feeling of as soon as you found out you guys were good to go what was your initial reaction I mean it's so funny because you always think it never seems real until you see it announced in the paper <laughs> you know you're always like it's really going to happen or is something going to you know wh when's the other shoe going to drop and uh, so I think that was that was when it felt real was when it you know when it was actually announced and they were putting up the billboards and you know then it was like okay no turning back now awesome Let's skip ahead. The thing you're you're most known for, Chad, the wedding singer, and and now uh, Elf, which are both transitioned from uh, motion pictures and then put on the stage. They're 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 big, you know, notorious pieces of work. How does something like that end up happening? You know, there's a film, and, and they're so well known, they're so popular, and people know what they are. And you must get this question all the time. How can you take something that is so well-known, put it on the stage, and dare to put music to it and try to capture in your music the same feeling that people expect to get from the film they remember and then they come and spend all this money to see it on Broadway and they want that same feeling except the experience is actually completely different. How, how as a musician you know, do you play into that and, and, and handle that and deal with that? Well, you know, for Wedding Singer and for Elf, we were both lucky in that both of those films have characters that sing all the time. Uh, so, uh, you know, and for Wedding Singer, I actually co-wrote the script with the guy, uh, this guy Tim Hurley, who wrote all of Adam Sandler's movies, 
and was a head writer at SNL. And, um, you know, he, he and I had a great uh, working relationship, or at least I think so. But uh, he's probably like, I hate that bastard. But um, he, you know, was really great about making sure that we maintained the, uh, the sort of feel and heart of the movie. Uh, and, you know, so our goal was that had the same sort of tent pole moments that the movie had so that people that were super fans of the movie would come in and they're going to get a rapping granny and they're going to get, you know, uh, somebody kill me, uh, you know, they're going to get those moments. But it was also an opportunity because you don't want to just plop the movie down on stage because what's the point, uh, you know, to find things, uh, find moments that are new or new ways to express them. And, and Tim was really great. You know, there were some changes that I brought up that I thought he would think were crazy. But, you know, I, I said, you know, can Rosie the Rapping Granny be actually be, uh, you know, Robbie Hart's grandmother so that we don't have to have all these other characters and we don't have to spend this time. And he was like, that's such a great idea. We should have done it in the movie. You know, so he was, he was very open to the process. You know, so we, we try to find those moments that super fans expect, but also some surprises, you know, along the way. How, how do you deal with the critics, Chad, that may, uh, you get constant raves on something, let's say, and then you have a critic that may be credible, you know, maybe someone who is listened to by people or well-read, and they just don't agree with that, and they just pan you. How, what are your views on that in terms of reviews in the first place, and, and secondly, you know, how do you deal with that feedback? Well, you know, I miss, you know, I, I, I wish uh, it was like it was in the old days where, you know, critics would come to opening night and then, you know, it would be a day or two later when the reviews would come out. So you could just sort of celebrate and have a good time. But now opening night's on Broadway, everybody's smiling and, you know, trying to have a good time, but everybody is secretly panicking and waiting, you know, for their, uh, you know, iPhones to go off and to see what the reviews are. So it's, it's you know, it's, the necessary evil, I guess. You know, there are there are shows that, not even speaking of my own, that I thought were amazing that didn't get good reviews at all, and then there are shows that I think are terrible that get raves. So, you just sort of have to trust your own gut and you know trust the rest of the people on the creative team and and you know do your best work. But it is it is that thing that's sort of hanging over the entire process because you know at some point somebody's going to sit down and, you know, put in black and white what they think of your show, and it's going to go out to everybody in the world. So you sort of have to just try and be as tough-skinned as possible. Amen, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something from a different angle, Chad. Uh, both Ben and I actually, in addition to having the show and everything, we're both actors and we're both musical theater actors. So I'm very interested, from your standpoint as someone who's involved with the process, uh, on a production side, at an executive level, in a Broadway show, what what is the some of the most important pieces of advice that you can give actors auditioning for a show of that at that level? Uh, well, and that's a pretty wide question, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. No, not at all. I mean, I, I you know I think the thing that most actors think of when they get nervous before an audition is that, you know, the people on the other side of the table are going to be these, you know, really hard, you know, tough, mean people. But the fact is, everybody that walks in the door, we're praying that they're going to be great. We're trying so hard. We want so badly for that to be the person, you know, and I've heard actors say like, oh, you know, I just, I get so nervous before I go in, but I'm, you know, I'm here to tell you, we're hoping that you're it so we can go home. <laughs> so we want to be like, yes, that's it. That's the person. We're done. 
Um, you know, so it's, it really is not this sort of antagonistic situation on the other side of the table. It's everybody really, really pulling for every single person that comes through the door because you're looking for that perfect fit. Hmm. That's good to hear. All right, switching gears, because that's what we do on this show, man. Uh, switching gears again. Uh, I'm just all over the map with you, Chad. I want to hit each little nugget of information that someone like you can, can bring to all of us theater peons. What would you say is the process that you follow? And, and I know you get asked that question a lot probably, but what are the thought processes that go through your head as you're trying to construct a song and you say, I have to... I have to put a song in this part of a show. A song has to go here, and now I have to make one. So when you're working with your partner, what kind of a process do the two of you go through to try to make something like that appear? Well, usually, you know, we figure out the scene first, or if we're working, working with another book writer, you know, meet with them and try and figure out what the point of the scene is. And then, you know, for a good musical theater song, you want it to either reveal character or push the story forward or, in the best-case scenario, do both at the same time. So, you know, you want the character to start at one place at the beginning of the song and at the end have learned something or revealed something or, you know, some change have happened. Um, and, and usually if I'm trying to do the lyrics first, we sort of go back and forth. I usually come up with a dummy lyric. That inspires my writing partner to come up with a tune and then I'll retrofit the lyrics. So that's usually the process. But for me, what I usually do is I do like a first draft, and then I read over, and then I panic, and then I sit down and watch a bunch of zombie movies on Netflix, and then I stop procrastinating and give myself a pep talk and get up and hit it again and hit it again until it finally gets to a place where I feel like, okay, there's something here, and I can, I can bring it to my writing partner and start to form it but uh there's definitely always that point where you're like oh god this is horrible and i'm never going to figure it out so so what would you say is your the thing that you most hope to accomplish artistically in your career that obviously you haven't done yet that that you're saying this will be the moment i'll be happy (laughs) it'll never happen no (laughs) um i don't know i mean i think uh you know, just sort of continuing to work in, in the theaters and to work on Broadway is, is amazing. And I think just being able to hopefully sustain that and continue to grow and get better. And, and you know, with, with Elf, it was so great to see these kids come in and see their first, you know, live performance and just how excited they were. And, you know, it, I'm hoping that it sort of opened up that world for them like it happened to me when I was a kid. And, and, you know, one of the fun things about Elf was after every show, I would go and I would see the kid that was most excited about being there. And I would say, hey, you want a backstage tour? And so I take, you know, the family backstage and show them around and introduce them to the cast and let them walk out of the stage door. And, and you know, being able to have some, you know, kids have that memory of the theater and, and have such a positive experience is, is something that, you know, I hope can continue. You know, how much, it kind of brings a question to mind, how much of an impact on casting does a lyricist or a book writer have? Well, it's, it's basically everybody on the creative team, you know, the writers, the director, the choreographer, uh, and of course the producers, everybody has a vote. So everybody has what's called approval. 
uh, you know, and of course, when there are differences of opinion, you sort of pick your battles, and you sort of think, oh, and he's fine for that, but she has got to be this character. So, it, there are definitely times when, you know, the the team is is divided, and so it's, it, you know, it's, it's all it always resolves itself, but you know, everybody contractually has a vote, and that you know they must have approval. But it's never gotten down to a, a situation where one person is like, I'm not approving this person because, you know, eventually you sort of trust your collaborators. Great. All right, we're, we're almost out of time, but I uh, do have a couple quick questions for you, and then we're going to have a little fun with you, Chad. Uh, uh, not, not that this interview hasn't been a blast. I don't mean to yeah, blood. Right. Uh, what would you say, have you ever had an aha moment in in your uh, your travels uh, in the theater, particularly on Broadway, kind of this revelation moment, and you say, "Oh my God, now I understand, now I get it." And if so, what was that? Uh, you know, it's funny, sort of the, the idea of when you're writing and everybody's in the room, and it's sort of the idea that whoever has the best idea wins. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter whose idea it is. So even just the most random person and say, oh, what about this? And, you know, used to, I used to think, oh, no, I'm the writer. But now it's like, oh, bring it on. What do you got? And he got an idea. So that, I think I learned that from Tom Meehan, who wrote Annie. He, he was always a big, big proponent of, you know, ask everybody, who's, get everybody's opinion, and then, you know, use the best idea as opposed to just trying to do it all yourself. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, last question. And that is, uh, what, what do you have coming up? Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything you want to uh, mention coming up for you or any place you want to send our listeners? Well, there are two things coming up for me. I have a play I wrote called Harbor, which uh, is a straight play, no music, that's going up at uh, primary stages here in New York this summer. And uh, also Aladdin is now uh, officially coming to Broadway as of last night. <laughs> So, oh, congratulations. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it goes to Toronto in November, and then it opens in March at uh, on Broadway at the New Amsterdam Theater. All Fantastic. right. Way to go. Congratulations. Nicely done. Chad. Good stuff, man. That's uh, Chad Beglin, everybody, and uh, good sport. And so what we're going to do now, we have the, the rare opportunity, Chad, where we have this incredibly talented Broadway lyricist book writer on our show. We have this game that we play called Make Up a Song. Now, can't really let this golden opportunity go by because we played the game earlier on the show. Okay. So would you would you be up for playing around with this with us? Basically what it is is, is we give you a couple of uh, couple of concepts and then you, you have to kind of make up a song on the spot. Alright. Up for it? I'll give it a try. Alright, you're the man. Thank you very much. Uh, ben will give you one concept and I'll give you the other. Okay. Let's go with a river. A okay. river. A, a river. river as in like a stream. A river, yes. right? Yes, maybe a, a partially bigger than a stream. Okay. A large river. Awesome. Right. And then and then I will add the concept of bacon. Bacon. So, Chad, you need to make up a song. It doesn't have to be long. It has to be sung. And you have to use the words river and bacon in the song. It has to rhyme, by the way. That's important. Oh, excellent. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Chad Beglin, Tony-nominated lyricist, Drama Desk Award, about to play Make Up a Song. There's a place called Bacon River where everybody goes. It 
my favorite fast food restaurant for skanks and hoes. Come on down to Bacon River, and I promise you that when you leave from Bacon River, your river will be fat. <laughs> the end. All right, Chad Beglin. Really. I'm sold. It's a jingle song, a song, a jingle. Uh, it's a single. Yeah. It really is. All right, well, thank you very much, Chad. Go check out his show. What's the name of it this summer again? Uh, it's called Harbor at Primary Stages. Harbor at Primary Stages. We'll All there. right. Go check it out, folks. Chad Beglin, thanks for being on the show, man. Good sport. Thank you. All right, Chad. That was a great interview, huh, Ben? It was a great interview indeed. That guy is a master. We had him on the show and he created a song on our We dude, we had a Tony two-time Tony nominated lyricist and a drama desk award just make up a song on our show. He was a very nice guy. Nobody's ever heard that song before. It was on our show. World premiere. been nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards for the second consecutive year. I mean, we can't pay our rent with that, but uh, but still, two years in a row, that's, that's pretty good. Isn't it? All right, you know what time it is? It's time for End of Show Food! Sheila's bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's in a jazz band. She's the producer, it's Elsie. You know, I honestly thought you guys were going to sing along with me on that. I just I wanted to see what you were going to do, honestly. <laughs> I'm just kind of waiting. I, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I'm that not. Was really, I feel really let down. I got everything I wanted out of that. So, alright, Elsie. This is a special end of show food because we... Are in baconry. So, so what's going on here? We're tasting the bacon goodness. How's that going to happen? Well, Wesley was kind enough to give us some amazing chocolate peanut butter um, bacon cookies, which I'm dying to stuff down my throat. They're so tasty. All right, there we go. All right, so we're going to talk to Wesley Klein, the owner of baconry, the creator of baconry. Yes. Yes. And uh, yes. all right, so Wesley Klein, welcome to the show. Thank Great you, thank sponsor you, thank you. and friend of the show, and uh, this is special end of show food. We're actually getting the person responsible for this wonderful food we're having today, and he's going to present to us our end of show food. So, what do we have? Uh, we have a chocolate peanut butter bacon cookie. Oh my god! I don't know how that's going to compare with the other amazing bacon things we've had today, but let's let's check it out. What are these uh, chocolate peanut butter bacon cookies? Uh, is that right? It's better the more you talk about. It. He eats bacon all day long. What's I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he here. All right, here we go. I'm not sharing, by the way. Not sharing. All right, let's give it a try. What do What do we think here? Yeah. Folks, you don't even you don't even understand, and that's the sad thing. If you you just you got to come down here, order baconry.com, everyone. This is amazing. I don't know how they blend the chocolate and the bacon taste so well. You really almost can't pick out one of them. They're well blended. And just a really damn good cookie anyway. I know. Really good cookie. It's, so, it's not even like over rich. It's just a beautiful taste sensation. What do you think, Steve? 
Steve thinks it's great. Hey, Steve, can you express your delight in, in musical sensation? It's like, hey, I love my bacon cookie. Hey, I love my bacon cookie. That is not the official baconry jingle just to say. That was just like off the top. We'll do better than that. All right, that was great. So, hey, uh... Let's uh, get a quick word from uh, Wesley. Wesley, tell us about Baconry. How did that start? Uh, Baconry started my uh, love of uh, breakfast and dessert. You know, I just I, I I love like French toast and bacon and like pouring maple syrup over bacon. You know, I just like having a dessert after every meal. I realized why not put the two together, and I did. What was the moment that you said I can make this a business? Uh, probably about a year and a half ago when uh, you know doing a lot of research looking online just you know once I bit into it and I like, gave it to a bunch of friends and they're like this is amazing I'm like yeah here we go <laughs> all right well I'm really glad you did actually well yes. thank you thank you not only are you a, a great loyal sponsor of the show thank you but you we happen to really personally enjoy I don't know Elvis sandwich chocolate bacon cookie Chocolate, bacon, hot chocolate, I don't know. I, I'm and getting and lost more. in all the wonderfulness. So. There's so much more. Can't wait. We got all right. Valentine's around the corner, so uh, hey. feel like bacon love. All right. Bacon yeah. love, everybody. I love it. All right, here we go. Point here at Bacon Ring. All right, so let's give a big monkey radio applause to Wesley Klein and Bacon Ring. And Steve, why don't you play us out of the show? So, uh, what a great show, everybody. Thanks for, uh, Wesley, for having us at Bacon Ring. Thanks yeah. for... Uh, uh, just a great show, and uh, uh, Chad Beglin, and we had a great time, man. Good time, good time, Elsie. I love this place. <laughs> all right, thanks, Steve Benson, for uh, all the great guitar magic. All right, that's another show, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bacon Ring, another great show. Uh, have a great Valentine's Day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Be careful out there. I'm gonna have another bite of this cookie. a thousand miles an hour because that's how fast the earth rotates so admittedly we're all going that speed but it's still very very fast this has been monkey radio that's it that's the end of the show boy oh boy what a crock this was funny people talking no portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.